Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Last week, we talked about branding and we did a deep dive into that. And this week, we will talk about your company logo. We'll talk about five key things when looking to set up your logo so you avoid the mistakes that we made. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and PoolInvoice.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, we've It's showtime. We are here. We're down to the wire. I hope everyone's made preparations and I hope to see everyone there. And we've got the awards coming up and I picked up my suit last night, as you saw. So I hope everyone's getting their their suits and their dresses and everything lined up to get ready for the event. Absolutely. It kind of felt like it was a really long time before the show, right? Like it seems so far away. And then all of a sudden, like the last three weeks, it's almost like it's coming way too fast. And I'm like, I need it. I need it to slow down a little bit so that we could do this. We could prepare that. And it just seems like it's coming 100 miles an hour and it ain't slowing down. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that I stay busy, but not necessarily productive. So as we get closer to that deadline, we're getting ready to head out of town I'm still busy, but I actually start getting very productive. So it's just been like crunch time and I've just been checking things off the list. And at the end of the day, you just, I'm going to head out and whatever I left, I'm leaving. It'll be there when I get back. So, yeah, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges, especially when you go try to take a vacation, you know, you have all these lists of things that you need to do, you know, you want to leave everything prepared and it just never happens that way. You never are at a spot where you're like, okay, I'm caught up with work. I'm way ahead on everything. I can go take a vacation now. And so what you learn is those first vacations, you're stressed out because there's all these things. And then as you start taking the vacations, you kind of realize, look, there's things that are, they're going to be there when I come back. So you kind of do those critical things that aren't going to have an impact on your business. And so those installs that you need to do, you just kind of tell the customers you, you need to wait and, you know, you just kind of move on because you're never, you're never a hundred percent ready. Right. Right. Y'all always keep filling the funnel. You do. So 
Uh, and the first ones are stressful. You know, the first ones are really stressful. And if somebody calls you panic and you freak out, and then as you go along, you're like, I'll be there. I'm, I'll be back from vacation on this day. When we come back, we'll take a look at it. We'll fix it. Most of the people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Do what you got to do, you know? Right. And then the award, Zach, I mean, by the time that most of the people listen to this podcast, what's going to happen is we'll have already in full motion into the week for the awards. So, you know, we'll put this podcast out on Monday. Good morning, Jeanette. Jeanette's giving us a shout out over here on the on the chat that we got going on over here. So big shout out to Jeanette. Jeanette, we know that you've been nominated for Pool Girl of the Year, so congratulations to you. A big congratulations to all the nominees out there. Yeah, for sure. So by the time we get the podcast out, Zach, on Monday, you know, we're going to be pretty much ready to go full swing into the into the show. So, man, it's just it's absolutely absolutely crazy. Yep. You guys are coming up Sunday, right? Yeah, so we're going to head up real early Sunday morning. Hopefully, get to Dallas pretty early. And, you know, we keep talking about, oh, well, maybe we can do this or do that. But it, that trip is going to fly. We are going to be so busy. It's going to be unreal. So from the minute we get there, you know, it's just going to be go, go, go. But I'm super, super excited. I love the shows. I've been to the international show several times. I really geek out on all that stuff. So I'm excited to see people that I've talked to, people from my area. I'm excited to talk to people about their first time at the show, because it really is just a whole nother experience. I've been to other shows, which have been cool, but the international show is like another level. I'm super excited. So here's the thing is, that's going to be my first international show. I'm interested to see how it lines up with, with any of the shows you've been to in the past. That'll be great. So we'll be able to see that. I know that there's a, uh, look at that. Jeanette is saying it's my first international show as well. So that's, that's awesome. So get ready, get ready. It, it'll be fun. So Jeanette, when are you going to the show? Are you going to the floor on Tuesday or are you going to go on Wednesday and then kind of stay for, for the awards? Guys, the other thing is every, anybody that listens to this, it is a formal event. So it is a suit and tie event. You got to dress up. I'm getting a lot of people messaging me, Zach, kind of going, hey, I was listening to the podcast and oh my God, we got to bust out the suits. And I was just talking to Dennis from, from Jandy and we're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's a suit and tie. And he's like, dude, you're killing me, man. Are you kidding me? He's like, all I have is polos going <laughs> out there and I, now I got to repack my bag and um so anyway so it'll be awesome so Jeanette on here is saying that she has classes so in between the days so that's awesome Jeanette will be super excited to connect with you so guys today's podcast is going to be a little bit short because what we're trying to do is obviously get ready for the show we got a lot of things going on John's coming into town tomorrow Zach's coming into town on Sunday so you guys will be able to check out some of the stuff and some of the Instagram lives and stuff that we do so Zach, let's jump into our topic today. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about branding. We've talked about, you know, how to choose your name, the message that it should deliver, you know, the focus on that branding part. And then last week, you dropped a great one, which was really a, a branding strategy. And I think that's what's going to happen, Zach, is we're going to have to do one after that topic that you dropped, really kind of go into a strategizing aspect of your branding. So, but for date for today's topic, I just wanted to talk about the logo because it is part of the branding and I think it's very important 
for it to be part of that. So I want to talk about five different points, especially when you're when you're creating a logo. And we've talked about it, how it needs to have its own evolution as your business, as yourself, you know, your, your logo is going to evolve as well. But there's some mistakes that even I've made and even with the Pool Nation logo, and I want to share those so that as people, you know, are thinking about doing the logo, they avoid some of those steps. It's really like the foundational piece of the brand. Like you really can't do much as far as building a brand, creating a brand, creating an image without that logo. So it is something that you need to consider and put a lot of thought into when you're first setting that up. The interesting thing is after all, uh, after the two branding podcasts, I did get people asking about the logo and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time to talk about that, I think, because they see how it how it ties in. So you've picked your company name. Now you're happy with that name. And now you're going to go, OK, I picked the name. Now I need to create the logo, which tends to be the next step in that evolution. What I want you guys to think about is you're starting in the industry and you're getting somebody to design that logo for you. I'm assuming that most people are going to hire somebody to create that logo. Even if you have somebody that's going to design it for you, there's some things that you need to let them know. And then in my experience too, not all designers know. I've learned this by experience by some of the people that I've hired to create the logo. And not just because somebody has the skill to create a logo, does it mean that they're a professional or very highly skilled in that process. So let's talk about some of those points. And I'm going to start point number one, which really is you have to focus on the use of the logo. You know, what are you going to use that logo for? Because a logo has different uses. So you have to really kind of pick and know. You know, when you design a logo, you need to think about where you're going to use that logo. A logo for a website or stationery are going to be designed completely different. So you have something that you're going to want to use for merch. That's something completely different. You really have to figure out first what you're going to use the logo for and even think if that logo is going to be used for that. So what I mean by that is, let's say that you have a, a logo for your pool company and you don't plan to have any shirts or any coffee mugs or any of that kind of stuff, then that's one usage. But if you're going to use that logo across a whole bunch of things and down the road, you might do merch or mugs or all that kind of stuff. You have to tell that to the person that's designing that logo. You need to understand that you're going to have to create multiple versions especially if you don't know specifically what you're going to use it for. So that can end up costing you a lot more money because if you go out, you design it, and then you want to use it for something else, you kind of have to redesign it again. What I did first for the Pool Nation logo was just the words Pool Nation with the font that I liked, and I did a little bit of a pool around it. And the very first thing, Zach, when I go to use it on social media, it doesn't fit within that little circle. Or it was really, really, really small. So I have it on my social media page. It doesn't work. So of course, what's the very first thing that I do after that? I'm going to go redesign my logo again. And now I'm going to make it round so that it fits within Facebook, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, all those things. And then all of a sudden, Zach, I go and I'm like, okay, so now we're going to use that logo and we're going to create some merch. 
So we're going to create some shirts for the photo shoot that we did. I'm going to have them embroidered. So I take that logo over to the embroidery shop and they're like, that's not going to work. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, well, think about it. You have a big round logo. And so if you want it to be visible, that logo is going to have to be at least like four by four. Think about from an embroidery standpoint, how many stitches that's going to have on there. And it's going to look like this big, huge blob of just stitching all over the place. The other thing was that my font that I picked, the A's are almost like a triangle. So they're like, when you shrink that down, it leaves no space in the middle. So that's just going to look like a full-blown triangle and it's not looking to look like an A. So that was some very early things that I started to learn, which was like, oh my God, so now we can't do embroidery. So now we have this logo that I love, but I can't embroider it. I can only screen, screen print screen it. Printed. We can't do the embroidery. It has to be screen printed. And then we get into a whole different problem from there is that if we want to get nice shirts like Nikes or, or branded, they normally will not do screen printing on those shirts because the problem is if they damage the shirts, those are expensive shirts. So it doesn't always stick to that material. That's a little bit of the learning process in picking that logo that you really need to figure out what you're going to use that logo for. And guys, don't just take it from the designer standpoint that they're like, oh yeah, that'll work everywhere. Like, think about it. Okay, if I embroider that, will that work? If I put that on a mug, will that work? If I put that on stationery, is that going to work? Kind of have to think of all the different things where you want to use that logo. As you know, we've went through several different versions. I think I've shown you a handful of them. Um, it, our logo has continued to change over time. And in the beginning, it had palm trees and a sun, and which just like you experienced, it made it difficult to get embroidery done. Because the more intricate details you have in your logo, um, the more difficult it is to get things like print and embroidery um, completed. Now, when you have that digital format, it looks real nice. It looks real crisp. You have someone design your logo for you. They're going to show you that digital version. But when you go to put it on like a golf hat, and they embroider in there. A lot of times what it does is it actually kind of shrinks the hat up where the embroidery is and makes it all wrinkly up there and it just doesn't look good. So you have to think about these things and we're to the point, you know, in the background you can see I've got a bunch of different shirts, all different logos that have evolved along the way and now we're to, you know, just to straight the pool boys. And so it's very simple to print on things. It's very simple to embroider. And we have two versions of this. Like you said, you're going to want multiple versions for multiple things. So we have what we call our straight version, which you see on the hat here. And then we have our stacked version, which is going to be similar to this one. And so we've had to make those changes along the way. And that kind of brings me to our second point, which is going to be the logo or image style. Because your logo is essentially one of the first things that the customer is going to see. It's going to be one of those first things to truly represent your company. And it can impact... Sorry, I can't speak either today. I think I... <laughs> I need more Contagious. coffee at this point. Yeah. Um, but it can really impact the perspective of how a potential customer views your business. And so you want to make sure that the logo assists in creating that image and the way that you want your business to perceived by the customers that you're trying to serve or you're trying to acquire. And if you create something without putting much thought into it, you just kind of throw it together, you could be possibly losing credibility before you even have the chance to prove yourself with that customer. It's okay to create logos, and I see this a lot. 
it's okay to create logos with something you're passionate about if it makes sense with what you're trying to do, if, if it makes sense with what you're trying to accomplish with your business, if it doesn't line up with the image you're trying to create, it can hurt your growth. Like, like I said, it can make you lose that credibility before you even had a chance. And it just takes the message and drives the message in a different direction. So if you want to portray like that high-end VIP service, you don't want a picture of a superhero flying with a pole or a net. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is you want your logo to portray what it is you're trying to be. And that same logo, it would work in another instance if you're trying to be, let's say, rescue pool service, and you're trying to appeal to the masses, but not if you're trying to be that really high-end VIP service. And additionally, when you pick an image style, you need to think about your company's philosophy, and this one's super big, your customer and client profile. Because a lot of times we have tendencies to pick what we like. It doesn't mean that your customers or the demographics or the people you're trying to target, that it's going to appeal to them the same way it does to you. Now, all of that being said, I want to put it out there that there are always exceptions, without a doubt. And someone out there could be super successful with any one of these things that we are saying to watch out for or reconsider. I could totally see someone having like some pool service company called lollipops and the logo is a big multicolorful lollipop and they're a national company and everyone's like, oh, I use lollipops for pool service. Like, It could definitely be done. But what we're trying to do is just highlight how some of these things could create potential headaches or roadblocks for you as you grow your business. Yeah, you hit on some great points there, Zach. And I personally, I hadn't even noticed. I'm, I'm looking, you're, you know, you're talking about the pool boys, you have it on a straight and then you have the one stacked on it. I hadn't even noticed that. And so that you've done a great job as where, you know, it's all the same. So if you look at it, you don't go, oh, those are two different logos because you have the same font, you have the same style, you have the same colors. So it all kind of, you know, matches in there. But it's really important that you understand, and I'm going to say, I, I said this before, but I'm going to say it again, that you understand that because somebody designs a logo doesn't mean that they're an expert in it. It means that they're very good at designing something. So just make sure and tell them, look, this logo I want to eventually put on merch or on hats. And a perfect example, you were talking about it. Our logo does not work on hats. We can't print hats. What we have to do is we have to print little round patches that are screen printed, and then those are put onto the hat because of the embroidery and the stitching. I would have known that at the beginning. I probably would have come up with a different variation. And then once you have the logo out, stuff like that, it's very difficult to kind of go back and make changes to it. So we're kind of in, in that spot where it's like, oh, oh my God, you know, what do we do if we want to do embroidery? And at this stage, we're, we're kind of in a spot where we can't do that. So, you know, that's huge, especially. If you, like Zach was saying, you want to do a VIP service and you want something like John shirts, right? John says JJ Flawless on it in embroidery and it's kind of nice and blue and you can do that with the Pool Nation logo. You can't do that. So very important that you kind of take all those things into consideration. Before we move to the next point, this is one of our versions of the Pool Boys. We call it the Bubble Logo. And this is probably the most terrible version we've ever done. And what you can see is it actually has a reflection to it. And it looked great on wraps. It looked great on digital because the reflection was very subtle. It wasn't there. 
But this whole mess of a logo, you can see how confusing that gets and how just it kind of blurs together. It doesn't make sense. It's like, did they mess up printing that? And then the bubbles, again, talking about embroidery, those fine details, when you shrink it down and you're trying to get something done, they just blur. They just become a mush. They they don't look like anything. So we've definitely made all those mistakes. And and then now we're just, we're simple. It's the pool boys. And this was actually Robert's doing. So this logo was a professional logo designing person. And this one was our web and marketing guide that really has that perspective after marketing to people of what our customers are looking for, what type of people are. And let's just keep it simple and clean and go that route. And that's where we're at today. The next thing, guys, that you're going to want to look at is file types. And I made this mistake at the beginning. And that is when you're going to have your logo go into different things, whether it's screen printing or embroidery or any of that, you're going to have different file types for that logo. So when your designer gets you your logos, you're going to want a couple of different formats and make sure that they get them to you and save them all together. So when you go to use them, you have them all in one file. And if somebody asks you for a certain format, they're all together. You just kind of pull that format and you send it over. So for example, if they just give you a JPEG, and this is kind of one of the most commons, it's a picture format, and you go to get some shirts done, they'll ask you for either a PNG or a vector file. So all that is, guys, is just it's the same logo, just in different formats that different printing or embroidery companies use so that they can use it on their system. And so an example of JPEG, if you want to print something really, really big, that won't work. So let me talk really quick about some of those. So an example, a vector file, which is also known as AI, which is for Adobe Illustrator, that one is used a lot. The other thing is a PDF format, and that is just a portable document file. And then you have the vector. You're gonna hear the vector a lot once you start getting into printing any graphics, and it's used by most of the printing facilities. So an example, we just went to go get some shirts done for the show and that's what she wanted. She wanted a vector file because then they can manipulate that file with their software a lot easier. You have what's also called a GIF and that's kind of a graphics interchange format. And that's really kind of a low resolution and it's more used for web pages and email templates. And it's smaller so that it doesn't take up a lot of space on your server or it takes a long time for those images to load it's just a smaller format from there then the one that i just talked about with the jpeg and you, that's probably one of the most common ones that you'll see out there and that one's really used for like photographs and web pages if you try to use it to print something it it'll come out blurry so they'll kind of come back and say hey get me a vector or get me a, a big pdf another one is a bmp I haven't seen too, too much of a BMP, but the BMP is if you're going to print something really big. So when we went to do the backdrop for the awards and we went to do the backdrop for the booth, they needed something that was 300 DPI because they needed something that's a really high resolution so that when they stretch that out over an eight by 10 foot sign, it keeps the quality of the picture. So if it doesn't have that really high resolution and you stretch that out, it starts to get blurry. And then the last one is what's called, a, they call it a, a TIFF. And that's a tagged image file format. And 
this file size is large and it can be used for full color uh, printing processes. So sometimes they can ask you for that BMP. They can ask you for the for the TIFF. Most of us in the pool industry that just do shirts and stuff like that, you're probably going to use the vector, really the JPEG. You're not going to get a lot of the BMP. But here's the thing, guys. When you have that designer create that logo, all you have to do is say, hey, give it to me in all these different formats. And all they do is they just save it as those formats and then you have it. If you don't get it in all those formats and you use somebody on Fiber or Upwork, when you go back to them and say, hey, now I need it in this format, they're going to be like, well, now you got to pay for that. So just make sure that you get it in those. So really quick recap, you want a vector, PDF, you want a GIF, you want a JPEG, a BMP, and a TIFF. And then, like I said, save them all in one file all together. That way, when people ask for them, y'all always have them in that one spot. I would say a lot of us are at points in our businesses where we're going to do some of the artwork, or not artwork, but like we're going to a flyer or we want to get a door hanger. We're going to, like you said, go to Fiverr or Vistaprint or whatever. That PNG file is my favorite because basically it just leaves the logo with no background. So a lot of times you'll see someone puts a, they have a blue website and then up in the corner they have their logo and it's in a white box. That's because it's probably like a JPEG or something. If it were a PNG, it would eliminate that white background and you would have that clean logo on the blue background. So that's my favorite format to use. And that brings us to number four, which is you want to make sure that your logo is appealing. So before you use your logo, you want to really, before you go out there and start printing and doing things, once you have it back, sit on it for a couple of days, look at it, make sure you're good with it, make sure you're truly happy with it. Like most things in your business, you can change it later on. But as you said, it takes a lot more time and effort and it costs money. Once you already have things printed and business cards and vehicle wraps and you have hats and you have shirts and you change that logo design, you can either use that stuff up or if you want to get with the new brand and the new logo, you're going to scrap that and you're going to start over and put in new orders. So if you can start right from the beginning, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and money in the long run. But don't let it stop you from improving your logo if you see an opportunity to do so. As your business evolves or you change your thinking or your customer base changes, if you need to evolve that logo, then that's what you need to do. Make sure that you do do it. Just keep in mind, as you change it, again, we want to keep it appealing. We want to keep in mind the perception and the messaging that we're trying to send to our customers and just make sure it continues to align with business vision and objectives. And at the end of the day, this is generally how people identify you is by your logo. So try to pick colors that you know you love today and that you'll love in the future, whether that's 5, 10, 15 years from now. But just make sure that you, I guess, measure twice, cut once. There we go. Here's the thing, Zach, is just like anything else in business, it's okay if your logo has that evolution. So we were talking about yours and you were kind of sharing some of your information and you showed me some of those old business cards with the palm trees and the water and all that and then how it evolved. So it's okay if you have a logo, it, it can evolve into getting to where you want it to be and sending a different message. So don't be afraid to kind of sit and go, okay, well, maybe I do need to make this change or, or make that change in order to deliver the right message. 
the last thing that we're going to talk about is, you know, you really need to make sure it's original. Your logo is very important for branding within your company. So not just with the name, this has a visual aspect to it. So it should be unique and you, you know, you have to do some homework and make sure it stands out from the rest of the pool companies. So it should be catchy. And when people are looking at it, you know, it needs to catch their eyes and draw their eyes to it. So if you have a logo on your shirt, it should draw people's attention to it. And one of the things that I always tell people when they're designing something is make sure that when you look at it, your eyes are drawn to the part of it that is going to deliver the message. So if you have a logo and it has seven, seven different colors and you have the picture of somebody cleaning a pool, but the seven colors distract you from looking at the, at the shape of that person cleaning that pool, then that logo is not doing its job, right? You need to cut out on some of the colors and then talk to the designer and say, hey, when the people see the logo, the very first thing that I want to see is I want to see the silhouette of that person cleaning a pool. That's what I want the eyes to be drawn to. Or in case you look at the Pool Nation logo, on the top, it's blue, and then it'll have either Pool Nation or Pool Nation podcast. When you look at it, your eyes are kind of drawn to that part, and then you kind of tend to look down to the rest of the logo. So as a practice, make sure it's original. And then number two is really make sure that your eyes are drawn to the part of the message that you want to deliver. And if it doesn't do that, just tell the designer, hey, can you redo it? I want my eyes to be drawn to X, Y, Z. Zach, I know that today's a short podcast just because we're kind of getting ready for the awards and all that. So let's do this because we haven't done this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And then what we will do is we'll kind of wrap up the podcast for today, which, by the way, feels weird that we're doing it so short. And it feels weird that John's not here. It feels like really odd that we're kind of trying to do a short podcast. By the way, we always shoot to do an hour podcast and our average podcast is 86 minutes. So that just kind of tells you that when we're trying to do half hour, this feels like really awkward. So anyways, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll jump back in with Zach. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, pull invoice. 
Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics. We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Zach. We're talking about your business logo. Zach, it feels really weird because we even started. We forgot to talk about the Pool Nation Awards like we normally do. We forgot to talk about the code to be able to get a free pass. So let's do that really quick before I get your final thoughts. So the awards are on the night of the 17th at the convention center, room D170. You do need tickets to get into the Pool Nation Awards for that event. And most likely what you'll want to do is be on the floor, kind of walk around, because then you can just kind of go in from there to the Pool Nation Awards. They're going to be from five to seven o'clock. It is a suit and tie event, so you guys need to dress up and be wearing a suit in order to attend the event. And this was all the pool guys and the pool girls. We got people from all over the place coming. We got people from Northern California, Southern California, Arizona, Virginia, coming up from Houston, San Antonio. Super excited to be able to connect with everybody out there. Jeanette was asking if we are going to be at Gillies, which is Tuesday night from 6 to 8, and that is kind of the networking thing, so at Gillies. Yes, we will be there. We'll be there from six to eight o'clock to just kind of meet everybody. And Zach is going to ride the bull. Oh, you beat me to it. You were going to try to say that I was going to ride the bull? (laughs) Yes. Uh, You never know. A little bit of pressure. And we might all three need to ride it to see who. I will hurt myself. I'll be out of work. 
That's a costly bull ride if I hurt myself. That's true. I didn't think about that. That's true. So the other thing, guys, if you want to get a pass for the expo, you can use our code to get a free pass. You can go to poolnationawards.com. Up at the top, there's a big red button that says free expo pass. You click on it. It already has our code built into it. If you try to get in without a pass, they'll charge you $60 at the floor. So go on, register, get that pass. It'll send you an email with your pass. You could just show up, scan that, and you go right into the floor. So come and join us. We'll be there 16th, 17th, and 18th at the show. We'll be at the awards, obviously. And we look forward to meeting everybody out there. So, Zach, short day, short podcast. Let me get your final thoughts. So since John's not here, I figured I would carry the baton and say, I'm sorry for my stumbling, my mumbling, and making an editing nightmare for you. The dishwasher's (laughs) been going. There's been a guy with a blower. So I do apologize. Um, But seriously, when it comes to your logo, this stuff seems pretty basic and simple, and it really is. It just requires some thought because it's often overlooked. We tend to get in a rush. We want to get something together. We want to get out there. And I don't knock that at all. Like, let's get out there. Let's make money. Let's get this going. But make sure that you're putting the proper considerations into it. Other than that, I hope everyone has a good week. And I'm super pumped to be at the show. I'm super pumped to get out of Houston and get on the road and just get away from all the madness and get on the floor and start having those conversations. I agree. So 100%, guys. You know, you can start your business and not have a logo. Don't freak out and think that you have to have a logo in order to start your business. Kind of give it some good, really good thoughts. Go through the podcast, take a look at the different formats. Some of the same mistakes that we've made. If you ever have questions, you can feel free to email us, Edgar at Pool Nation Podcast. We'll be glad to answer any questions and at least try to guide you guys the best that we can in order to help you. So I'm super excited, Zach, to be able to you know come out and connect with you again this Sunday. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow to getting together with John, Sunday getting together with you, and then having a blast at the show and at the awards. So uh, everybody out Sunday. there, big shout out to all you guys. We'll see you guys at the show. Zach, we'll see you Sunday. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform to Dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. All rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.